0: Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello, welcome to session 240 of Selling the Couch. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I'm actually recording this in early April, and I know that all over the world and Throughout our country, we are struggling at varying levels with this COVID epidemic, and I hope that wherever you are, I hope that you and your loved ones are safe. I hope that that you know it's just such a an uncertain time, and I hope that the business and hasn't had too much uh, fluctuation. And uh, most of all, I hope that you continue to to lean. That we continue to lean on one another during all of this. I think. Chad, my guest on today's session, is going, shares and articulates this so well. But I think, especially in moments like this, we need community. And so I hope whether it is the sign the couch community, another community, whether it's local colleagues, whether it's loved ones, I hope that you find community during this time and that you are well. Today's podcast session is called Restarting a Private Practice After Deployment. My guest is Chad Welsh. Chad's uh, website is over at MyMetroEastCounseling.com, and Chad has a private practice just outside of St. Louis, and Chad has a pretty amazing story. He was actually deployed in the Middle East until August of 2019, or I'm sorry, until July of 2019, and restarted his private practice in August of 2019, working with members of the military. And in today's podcast session, we're going to dive really deep into a bunch of stuff. I really enjoyed this conversation just to hear from just a different perspective. So we start out with Chad's mindset. You know, how did he jump into private practice just the month after coming back home? What are some of the most valuable lessons that he learned during his time of service that he has been able to employ for his private practice? Chad shares this on the podcast, but he had a private practice before deployment. And so he made a lot of mistakes along the way. And so Chad's going to share the biggest mistake that he made, like the biggest rookie mistake that he made, and, and what he learned out of that experience. And then we wrap up our conversation talking about serving the military community, how to market to them, how to get referrals, how to some of the additional trainings that you might want to consider. And why there's such a huge need in uh, in serving that population, Chad's answers I think will be surprising, and I think you'll find it helpful and and encouraging as well. Before we do get to today's podcast session, I just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Therapy Notes for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Therapy Notes is electronic health record, so if you are looking to transition to everything online manage case notes and schedule appointments and all of those different things. There's a bunch of different options out there. A really good one is therapy notes, and I encourage you to check them out. And unrelated, well, kind of related, but they actually just recently wrote the therapist telehealth guide for COVID-19, which you can find on their blog over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash therapy notes. And there are a number of training resources there, as well as their recommended telehealth platforms, questions just around billing and how to do that, as well as things like a telephone place of service codes and and using your patient portal and all of those different things. Again, you can find that on their blog. So we will jump right into today's conversation. Here's my conversation with Chad Welsh from mymetroeastcounseling.com. Hey, Chad, welcome to Selling the Couch.
1: Hi, Melvin. It's a great honor for me to be here today.
0: I'm so glad you reached out. You guys that are listening, you'll you'll hear more of Chad's story as we conduct the interview. But first of all, I'm, I, I know you probably get this a lot, but uh, we really are just so grateful for your sacrifice, for your service. I think especially as small business owners, you know, I I feel like I appreciate the sacrifices that our men and women in in the service have done in order that we can actually do what we love. So thank you for that.
1: Well, thank thank you so much. I appreciate that.
0: I wanted to start with a question. Was uh, and you you came you return home after a 14 month deployment in July of 2019. And then you restarted a private practice the following month in August of 2019. I was putting myself, when you shared that with me in that initial email, I tried to put myself in your shoes. And I think after a 14-month deployment, I would have been exhausted. How in the world did you channel that energy to come back home and start a private practice or restart a private practice?
1: Yeah. Well, again, first of all, thank you for for having me on. And and one of the ways that I really was able to channel that energy was through this podcast the the selling the couch podcast and and several months prior to me coming back i I had downloaded dozens of episodes and so i've listened to you literally all over the all over the Middle East and just about every every corner you can think of so I want to thank you for your service and and for what you bring to to us in private practice so so that was really my first way of of generating energy and just really building excitement to come back to to be able to do this.
0: That's so cool. So when you were first of all, I can't believe you listened. That's like so cool. I was telling you this privately, but you definitely have to be the the coolest person who's listened to the podcast like in the coolest location. So as you were listening to those podcasts, right? It's very easy for someone just to listen, you know, like passively listen without doing anything, so how did you actually just even jump in though I mean you were it's one thing to listen, but actually a second thing to actually take those lessons and actually take action
1: yeah, and so the other thing is is I think this is a, a really great topic as far as rebuilding a private practice because I, I think I think many of us will be at least partially rebuilding after this uh, whole coronavirus has passed us so uh, for me it was it was being able to rethink what i wanted to be able to to do different this time and 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 prior i'd spent a couple of years in private practice prior to deploying and and so i had made some of the kind of the rookie mistakes and and just adjustments that i i wanted to do so i i really was able to Use the podcast to kind of reshape what I wanted to do and and what I wanted to be known for, and then how I wanted to kind of structure things and 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 kind of rethink processes. So uh, so when you're deployed, uh, although you're extremely busy, there's no uh, there's no other distractions from you know there's no kids soccer games to go to or outside activities or going to, to you know dinner with with your spouse or family. So. So there's really a lot of time to to think and contemplate, and and I felt like I could really take advantage of of the time to to reset and, and kind of retool what I wanted to to be able to do, and and it was just so exciting for me to come back into private practice after after the, the the deployment and and kind of you know being in a position in the military where we're very used to taking orders from others, and so I was really happy to 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 come back and kind of not be in that environment and and really enjoy the the private practice. So it really also made me appreciate uh private practice in general and 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 the contributions that we're, we're allowed to make to other people.
0: Yeah, I would I would definitely think an experience like that would make you so much more appreciative of things. Uh you said something earlier that I was just curious about. You said before deployment you had been in private practice and you made a lot of rookie mistakes and you learned from them. What would you say was like the top rookie mistake that you made that initial round that you corrected in this new round?
1: I think that uh kind of trying to be all things to all people and really just being open to every kind of clientele and I think that's pretty common when 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 we start off in in private practice we we just want business, we just want clients and and uh so you know there were certain certain groups and certain people that I, I really really enjoyed working with and and so as I as I referred my my clients out before before I left I had a I had a real chance when I got back to have a lot more focus on 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 who I enjoyed working with and obviously the the people that you enjoy working with you, you tend to do a much better job so uh, so I think that was probably the biggest uh, rookie mistake going into it.
0: Yeah. So the biggest one was that you I guess you were too general and you try to be everything and every everything to everyone. How did you, you said, but that experience also gave you the opportunity to realize who you loved working with. So was that just sort of like a reflective process or did you write down things like, okay, these are the clients that drain me versus these are the clients that energize me? Like, I would love to learn more about what that process even looked like in order to niche down.
1: Yeah, I think so for me even early on even when i was even when i was starting off i felt i felt that the clientele who really got me excited and and who i wanted to work with so but i think when you know when you're kind of in the midst of private practice it's it's much harder to uh kind of reverse course and you know it's not like you can just get rid of all the clients that that drain you right off the bat and so for me it was uh, kind of a unique situation where I was given the opportunity when I got back and started to rebuild my clientele that I could be be a little bit a little bit more picky so I'd like to tell you there's a there's a really huge reflective process on my part but but instinctually I think i I knew pretty early on who i who I enjoyed working with and who really brought additional energy out of me, so yeah, I think that's kind of how it happened for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know, but what you said is so powerful, because you actually listened to your gut, and you trusted your intuition and, and went with it, you know, whereas I feel like even this is something that I struggle with is, you know, at a heart level or a gut level, I know the direction we need to go, but I like, uh, what's the, uh, I battle against myself, you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, and the the temptations are are definitely there to to take on people that, that you may not necessarily be a great fit for depending on your situation. And, and so I think that's really, really common in, in our business. And uh, it's something I think we really need to pay attention to.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I think it, it requires a certain level of awareness and a certain level of humility to realize, like, I can't work with everyone. So for you, like, how do you resist that temptation even now? To, and especially like during this time, right? Where, you know, there could be so much like fluctuation in clients coming in and stuff like that. So, how do you resist that temptation to say, okay, these are the types of clients that I do my best work with versus that pull of, my gosh, I gotta like, gotta, you know, make money.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that for me is as I have I work in a, a group practice that's kind of structured where where we share uh, office space, we share a common waiting room, and but everyone operates under their own kind of their own banner here. So so we have six therapists, and and we've all you know done a pretty good job of kind of setting out you know who our ideal clients are. So for me, it's having a great referral list of of, of people who are good fits with, with other therapists. And, you know, so sometimes when you get that call and, and, you know, someone's really struggling and everything inside of you as a therapist wants to, wants to help them. So, but even if you're not the, the best fit for them, if you don't have that referral list, I think, I think sometimes maybe attend just to take them on. But for me, one of the things is, is having a, a great list, not only of the people who work in my office, but, but outside of people who w- would be most effective for them so I'm, I'm I try to be really honest with them on the conversation that hey I, I don't think I'm a great fit or that's really not my specialty and and you kind of mentioned that humility and you know definitely a big dose of that you know telling someone that that you don't think you're you're the person that can that can assist them and uh, so I think if you have that part of it along with a, with a great list of people that you feel very confident would be able to help I think that's key to being able to to move people on to be able to connect with therapists who would be most effective for them.
0: Hmm. Um, Chad, I wanted to circle back to something I was thinking about. So you had a 14-month deployment. What would you say are the three principles that you learned during your tour that you applied to your private practice?
1: Yeah, I was so so excited for this question. and And it really Really spent some some good time reflecting back on this, so I came up with my three here, and and I think the first one is is camaraderie is a, is essential. And during my tour, I, I had a chance to uh, to work in a coalition environment, so uh, so I was embedded with with Italians and Danish and uh, Canadians and Qataris, and so what what was really reinforced to me was the was the importance of of relationships, and relationships were what got anything done in the locations that we were we were working on. And it also made life just fun. It made it made the time go by faster. You know, you develop genuine friendships. And I think one of the things I, I really was not did did not have a lot of clarity around in private practice was the importance of camaraderie from that standpoint, because you think of private practice as, you know, I'm cut kind of out out of my own and you know, my clients come in and, but kind of the, the team that we've been able to, to build, we really have that environment. And, you know, not only from a referral standpoint, but, you know, every day we're talking about ideas and uh, different directions and, and just general laughter and friendship. And it just makes it a real pleasure to, to come into uh, to the office. So, so camaraderie is just essential.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I feel like, I mean, it's that whole, you know, I, there's that old like image in our, in, in the private practice space of right, like hanging out your shing- shingle and just kind of being alone. And I feel like that's so not applicable anymore, right? We really need support of one another. And I think, especially as, I mean, we're talking, we're recording this right in, in the throes of this COVID epidemic. And I feel like camaraderie and community is so important because whether it's for referrals, whether it's just emotionally, right, just being able to open your door and say, Oh, my gosh, I'm like struggling with this, because like, I'm hearing these stories, or I'm navigating my own grief around this. And yeah, I mean, I definitely see the value of what you're saying around community.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's just it just makes things so much more fun. And I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of having having fun at whatever you do, whether it's in therapy or you know, kind of in between our sessions and, and just being able to 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 joke around with each other or, or play a little joke on each other here or there. It's just been so essential to our business. And and we get clients all the time that kind of comment on on that may catch a glimpse of that here or there. And so we get we get clients all the time that comment on that you guys seem like you've you're you're like a family here, and then we kind of are so so I think that that concept of camaraderie in my deployment really drove that point home for me but the the second one is is uh is enthusiasm carries the day, and I really noticed this in in my deployment whether whether I was entering an office environment or I was visiting a site or or doing some kind of business in whatever location I was in, the enthusiasm that I brought into that the smile, the kind word you know, funny story, maybe some recognition to finding someone who is who's doing a great job in that work section and and recognizing them with a with a small token. That enthusiasm really was was just super contagious in a deployed atmosphere where, you know, people are away from their families. They want to be around people that are happy. They want to be around people who are enthusiastic and and this is something I try to bring into my sessions from a private practice standpoint. Is when when I open that waiting room door, you know, there's always a big smile, and you know, you, you, usually before before the whole COVID thing, uh, a nice handshake or a pat on the back or something like that. So we, we've had to put that on hold, but uh, but that enthusiasm is 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 just so important, and and I think bringing that into into every session. And I've had a lot of a lot of clients comment to me. Multiple occasions that you're the only one that's really happy to see me every time I, I come in, and and I think we have to realize that about our, our clients sometimes is you know sometimes the the session that they get with us is is really the only time that that someone's someone's listening to them, someone's happy to see them, someone is really just in tune with them. So I think that uh, I think that bringing that enthusiasm into every session, whether it's your first session or your last session of the day, we really need to be hyper focused on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, as you were talking, like, I think that, you know, like <clears throat> your first lesson, the second lesson is like, there's so much like good overlap between them. Because for example, like if you're feeling, you know, you feel connected to your coworkers, you feel like you're not doing this alone. You have these light moments, right? Where you can connect. And that that drives your own happiness, right? Which makes you excited to see clients because I don't have to tell anyone this, but our the work we do is so hard and so heavy, right? And it's Nice to have moments like that where you can just ha- be enthusiastic and have moments of levity. So
1: yeah, yeah, and I think the the enthusiasm, even in, even in those heavy moments, and and enthusiasm is not making light of, of of heavy moments. I think I think enthusiasm towards your towards your clients is is kind of the ultimate show of respect to them, and and that you're you're in tune with them, and that you're supportive of. Of, of them. And, and, uh, and I think they really, really pick up on that. So I think it's a great way to be supportive, even even in the heaviest moments.
0: Absolutely. What about the third lesson that you've kind of learned?
1: So the third lesson is, you know, life is life is fragile and uncertain. And, and we're, we're seeing that now with what's going on in our country. And, and certainly we, you know, we experience that and see that in in, in a deployed atmosphere and, and kind of what this what this drives for me is, is, you know, kind of maxing out your days. And, and, you know, from when you wake up to, you know, to when you go to bed, and this is not squeezing in just a bunch of busy tasks, but, but it's, it's doing what's, you know, what's most important. And, and, and I think it really drives the concept of, of, prioritizing, prioritizing the activities in your day and making sure you're, you're doing what's most important. And it's also about recognizing, you know, who you are and, and what your, what your impact is. And, you know, for, for most people, when they go on deployment, a lot of them will tell you that, you know, it was the time in their life where they felt just most alive and most connected to kind of something bigger than, 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 than themselves. And, and, and I think, you know, bringing that into the private practice atmosphere. And, and I got to tell you, just even during this time in the last month or so, I've, I felt just so similar to when I deploy that, what our, our mission is as, uh, mental health professionals and what we're bringing to the community uh, is just so much bigger than ourselves, and and I've 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 felt that sense of of connection and mission like like no other time in private practice. So that that's been just very invigorating to me this this last month as as we've all made the adjustments we've had to had to make to to get through this. And then I think the last thing is is kind of reflecting and contemplating and and spending time and setting setting aside that time to to think about. Uh, to think about what's happened and think about, did I, did I max out my day? You know, what, what adjustments do I need to make or what am I really proud of or what am I, what am I celebrating? Uh, and I think that whole, all falls under that concept of, you know, life is fragile and and, and uncertain and, and we're only here for a certain amount of time. And uh, it's kind of up to us on, on how we use that.
0: I mean, it's such a, it's such a like wonderful point. Like, so I, I thought of like two things as you were saying, one was, I feel like, you know many of us, especially in our field, we're struggling with you know i think some of us are struggling with like feeling undervalued during this crisis, right because we're not theoretically on the front front lines like a yard ER Dock or something right and so what is our role in this but you know i I met with um you know the the church community that I'm part of like I met with some several of like help like uh, healthcare professionals, a lot of healthcare professionals in our in the, our church community. And one of the things that I just took away from that was, you know, like how important like mental health services are, you know, through all this, not just to like the people to the people that will be impacted in a real way, but for these like frontline workers, right? And so, I don't know, I was just, when you said that, like, that was really encouraging for me to hear. That um, I just thought about that. The second thing I I thought about was, you do something which is so subtle, which is like so powerful. So you maximize your days, but then at the end of the day, or at some point during the day, you take a step back to reflect whether how you have done things is the best method, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Because I feel like so many of us, we can just go, especially in, you know when you're seeing clients, you've got a full load. It's so easy just to go client by client by client and just exhausted at the end of the day is there something like specific you do like at the end of the day like uh like journaling or anything like that or is it more just kind of a, a contemplative kind of measure
1: yeah so i basically at the end of the day when i'm when i'm done with my sessions after i've kind of tied everything up i will get back in the chair i usually just sit in and and just spend uh, spend 15 20 minutes and and just in that contemplation and i leave the phone in the other room and I shut everything down, and, and just to spend some time. And sometimes my sometimes my mind wanders in lots of different areas, and and so that's kind of at the end of the end of the day. The beginning of the day is I'm I'm a big runner, and and I run almost every morning. And and gosh, just the the kind of the contemplation and the the things that come up when you're getting physical exercise, and. It just really puts me in such a uh, such a contemplative place, and and such a place where you you know kind of evaluate of of hey, what's most important? And and almost at the end of every run, I you know the great idea fairy visits me, and and I uh, you know I, I I have something new I'm excited to to try out for 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 the day. Chad,
0: I wanted to wrap up our conversation with kind of a two part question. So you niche down to working with service members, right? so my first the first part is what's a unique way that you market to military clients, and then the second part is what's been the most challenging in marketing to that population
1: so uh, so first of all, I want to say to all private practice uh, people that that the military community really needs you and and sometimes we think of the military community having resources through the V a and you know and, and resources on base but I can tell you that most people would rather talk to someone outside of the 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 system and this is really I think uh, an untapped niche for for a lot of people. So so one if you're anywhere near a military installation, I encourage you to touch base. And there's primarily two offices that you want to you know make sure they have your name for referral purposes. And that's like a family readiness center, and it's called something different in every in every branch. And then the the mental health and and I've I've been on both of those lists, so I, I get kind of a continuous stream of of referrals from from both of those places. So just really a, a great opportunity to to touch base if you live anywhere close to a military installation. If you don't, my recommendation would be to uh, touch base with some of the veteran groups uh, that are in most communities the the VFWs or the American legions and just letting them know that you're in the community and you're interested in uh, working with a, a military or or a veteran population. So a couple things that that I think you can you can really do. The second thing I'd, I'd recommend is, is, you know, if if you're very unfamiliar with the military culture, I was looking online last night, and there's a dozen free military competency courses that you you can do online, and no more than an hour, just to kind of give you the basics and and some of the lingo, and and it's okay not to know everything, but sometimes it's helpful to know, to know at least some of the basics. And then the third thing I think is most most service members will 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 carry Tricare insurance and and it's it's one of the things I think is important to be able to to accept and and I know a lot of private practice kind of shy away from insurance but but I know a lot of therapists who who don't take any other insurance but Tricare just because they want to they they, they want to be of service to the to the military community and and finally there's something called military one source that uh, you can get on their network and you can google all these as well to be able to get direct referrals for when service members call in and it's like a military EAP program that that allows you to allows of you to allows you to to be of some service too.
0: That's cool, Chad. What was um? Where do you find those? You said the, there's the one hour like kind of trainings on those. Where do where do you find those?
1: Yeah, just last night I I just said I googled uh, military competency course and probably a dozen popped up online. Most of them were were free, so so I don't have any one in particular to 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 recommend. But there's there's lots of stuff out there. Okay, but it sounds like just doing
0: a Google search for military competency course can yield some really good results then.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Chad, what would you say is like a challenging part that's been for you in in marketing to in marketing and caring for servicemen and servicewomen?
1: Uh, so I think that the military community is all about adjustments and and you know sometimes we think of the military community as as PTSD being the number one problem but but the fact is is that, that the majority of the service members do not deploy and and even even a fewer part even you know get anywhere near the, the front lines. so you know although of course there is PTSD, I think that's I, I think the the stereotype is not is not helpful and and I've talked to a lot of therapists outside the military community who after our conversation, they they kind of like, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought every, every service member who called me was going to, was going to have PTSD. And, and so, so I think that's the first thing. And then going back to the adjustments for, uh, for our active duty members, the active duty community is very transient. So, so moving around every two to three years and, and you can imagine, you know, having to, to relocate you and your family every two to three years and kind of the adjustments, not only for the service member, but for the families, which, which is almost another niche in and of itself, working with with military children and and family members. And then for our guard and reserve, uh, although they typically aren't are transient, well they'll they'll live in the same place, much like my situation. You'll have have people who you know will be working in the civilian workforce one week, and then they'll they'll be deployed for for six months, and then they've got to kind of reacclimate and, and get back into it. So so just a lots of adjustments and and being able to help people work through those those phases. The second concern or the, the last concern I just want to bring up is that I think people should be aware of is career concerns. From a mental health standpoint, uh, we have lots of security clearances and, and lots of duty restrictions. So just, you know, be aware that if you do work with an active duty service member, you know, there's going to be a real concern from a diagnosis standpoint and 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 their career, they're they're very concerned about their careers and and being adversely affected by by a particular diagnosis, so just something to something to be aware of when you're working with service members.
0: Got it, Chad. I'm just so grateful for you. Uh, thank you so much for just sharing and just openly and honestly about your experiences. Um, this is this is such a just an amazing niche to be able to serve, and a niche in a population to be able to serve. And I'm grateful for our time. Where can we learn more about you and uh, the good work that you're doing in the world?
1: Yeah, so our website is www.mymetroeastcounseling.com, and that's that's where you can see uh, see our team and and some of the stuff that that we do. We we're located just outside the St. Louis area on the the Illinois side, and uh, so yeah, I, anyone who would. Love to reach out. I I just love building a network of not only colleagues but but uh, of, of friends. So so please feel free to to reach out to, to any of us there. Awesome,
0: Chad. Thank you again for doing this, and have a great rest of your day.
1: Thanks, Melvin. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Hey there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Chad, and especially if you are just in a season where you're trying to figure out both the direction of your practice and you've kind of at a stage where you're thinking about taking a step back and saying, you know, what do I want my private practice to look like? I hope that today's podcast session has just been especially helpful for you. Chad shared a just a number of really good pearls of wisdom. And so I was reflecting on them. And uh, the things that he shared, the three principles that he learned through his deployment, were just so helpful for me. I think not just in private practice space, but really just life as a business owner, right? So the first, camaraderie is essential. Two, enthusiasm carries that day. And three, that life is fragile and uncertain and to really appreciate our moments and spend time reflecting and and in contemplation. Chad's website uh, is again over at mymetroeastcounseling.com. As we wrap up again, I just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Therapy Notes for supporting today's podcast session. Therapy Notes is actually the electronic health record that I've been using for my online private practice, and I have found it really helpful, <laughs> to be quite honest. I When I was back in 2012 to about 2015, I was in a group practice, and we used some version of an EHR. And I always had like this weird feeling around transitioning to EHR since that experience, but this has actually been really nice. And one of the things that I really like is the ability to automate a lot of stuff. One of those really easy things is, you know, like on our websites, when we want a client to schedule a free consult. I, one of the really cool things I did through my therapy, therapy notes portal was actually to set up an online scheduler. So when people click that button, it actually just goes and I've already on the back end set up times that I have available for a consultation. So that way I kind of create things that are conducive to my schedule, but also just systematize and automate as much as possible. You can learn more about Therapy Notes and the services that they provide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash therapy notes. And show notes to today's episode can be found over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 240. Mm -hmm. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next week. Bye.